0: And now, back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: On today's program, a conversation with a pastor that's been involved in ministry here in the San Francisco Bay Area, my goodness, uh, some 20-something years. He is Pastor Jason Fry, Senior Pastor of Calvary of San Mateo. Pastor Fry, great to have you with us today.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. Great to be on.
1: So, it. tell us a bit about your, your journey. I mentioned that you've been involved with Calvary, my goodness, 20-something years. Did I get that right?
2: Yeah, so we moved out here in 2004, my wife and I, to do youth ministry. And uh, you know, we were I came to faith as a, you know, like a senior in high school around that time. And, you know, God just really got a hold of me, gave me deep convictions, you know, gave me really de- the desire to serve him and then, you know, after getting married, um, to my high school sweetheart, pretty much. <laughs> we we moved out here in 04 to serve and uh, to do youth ministry. So came out here, um, not any full-time spot at the church, not a paid position at all. And we, we just came out here as a step of faith to serve. And I had visited a buddy that had moved out here and saw a lot of need. I moved from Calvary, Albuquerque. So I was going to Calvary... Um, Calvary and Albuquerque there and so moved from Albuquerque, New Mexico and, you know, just saw a lot of need here for the gospel, for strong churches for strong believers Um, you know, obviously it's a a beautiful part of the nation it's an influential part of the world and you know, God just kind of stirred my heart and so we moved out here and uh, I've been bivocational uh, the whole time and so um, still bivocational, actually. But, uh, you know, God is good. He's, he's been gracious. He's, he's provided. He's done a, a great work, allowed us to serve, you know, allowed my, my wife to, you know, raise our three kids um, uh, that we've had out here. And so, uh, yeah, I've been serving at, at Calvary San Mateo since 2004, so almost 20 years uh here uh was serving at Calvary Albuquerque before that so yeah over 20 years serving within Calvary Chapel and um yeah that's
1: and you had been in the position as you mentioned uh in in youth ministry both in Albuquerque as well as initially coming to the peninsula what was yeah. that transition into becoming senior pastor like for you
2: <laughs> yeah that was uh that was interesting there was many years as a youth pastor where uh, a buddy, uh, my friend Jeff York, uh, you know, we would serve together in youth ministry and neither one of us had any desire to do, um, you know, a, a adult ministry. We we loved doing youth ministry. Uh, we would joke about, you know, a lot of felt like a lot of youth pastors would use youth ministry as a stepping stone into, quote unquote, real ministry. And, uh, you know, I saw real ministry as, as youth ministry. I mean, the impact you can have, that time of life, that's when God got a hold of me. I mean, uh, just the whole thing. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's challenging. There's, there's all that aspect to it. So I love, I love youth ministry. I still love youth ministry. It's got a, a huge part of my heart. It's a, a huge part of our church. You know, God's raised up leaders that are just awesome in that area and, and really grown our youth. Over the last few years, um, so I love to see what's going on there. I love to have my finger on the pulse of of youth ministry, and so God gave a piece though um, when the previous senior pastor Dino Ishiki felt called to to move on to move back to Hawaii um, and to take an assistant pastor role and and just a, a change of season for him. You know he talked to me about uh, becoming the the lead pastor or the senior pastor, pastor at Calvary San Mateo and um, you know I felt a peace from it as I prayed about it uh, that you know the Lord wanted to have a strong church um, you know if hey if you love youth ministry so much why don't you have a church that uh, helps disciple the youth why don't you have a, a strong church where youth feel welcome but you know what everyone feels welcome uh, from all ages and you know um, I had somebody, you know, years ago at a, at a conference, uh, I did a live painting at this conference. and I remember the the, the night before, um, you know, and, and people have different views uh, on on these types of things, but um, and, and I'm open to them, obviously, test them against what the word says and hold fast to that, which is good. but you know someone prophesied over me. And uh, you know, it was a conference with a a bunch of different denominations, you know, <laughs> and so. Uh, but someone prophesied over me. I held it with an open hand, and they talked about uh, they felt that God was saying, you know, you're going to unite the old and the young. You know, God's going to use you to to do that, and so you know, I that resonated with with my soul. It resonated with what I wanted to see God do. Uh, it came out of uh, seemingly nowhere. I didn't know this person. Um, you know, so it it sounded like something the Lord would say. And so I've held that, you know, uh, close and, you know, yeah, with an open hand and God seems to, to be doing that. And I'm just, you know, very thankful to, to be able to see that happening. Um, and so God gave a piece to transition from youth ministry uh, to the senior pastor. Um, I had known a lot of the people for a while, um, it was a, a fairly seamless transition. I don't think we really lost anybody at the time um, when the transition took place. You know, the, the leadership that was leaving was currently was, was totally behind it. Uh, so it was it was a good transition. There's been some challenges uh, with it, of course. Uh, but it's, um, you know, from what I've read and I've, I've re- I read a lot about transitional takeovers and various things and, you know, you know one sound piece of advice that, you um, someone had had shared i remember at the time that they said run <laughs> if, if if you're thinking about transitioning you know from youth pastor to senior pastor run <laughs> you know and i thought that was kind of funny but uh it helped it helped weigh it down with the reality of of you know that move um and what what i was gonna be taking on uh but god's been so good and um yeah i gave gave a strong piece about it so
1: you yeah. use the term um, that oftentimes pastors will see youth ministry as sort of just a stepping stone into <laughs> The, the, the pulpit is the main guy, et cetera, et cetera. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, per se. Right, but right. I'm wondering if maybe from what you're delineating, Pastor Fry, that, that it should be more not seeing the young people or youth ministry as stepping stones, but rather as building blocks. Hmm. And, I, and I raise that question because, uh, let's face it, you know, not only are there multiple mandates throughout Scripture in terms of discipleship and mentoring and the, the old women to teach the younger women and, and so on yeah. and so forth, and, and the the sense of value of mm. experience and how that experience can help guide younger generations who ultimately right. will someday be in our seats. And I have to wonder if, as we look at the world around us today with a sense of frustration, perhaps, as to what's going on morally, socially, even politically, not just in our own nation, but across the globe, if there have been times that there has been failure in that arena, meaning that older generations did not quite engage in the level of discipleship and even Mm. due diligence, I'll call it, when it comes to training and And mentoring and guiding younger people failing to recognize that the youth of today, when we get to be in our 80s, they're going to be the next generation of leaders that will be calling the shots in Washington, D.C. and in Sacramento. And we will have to live under the laws that they pass. And so if we're not really understanding the value, the importance Of what real dynamic youth ministry is about, and and, and bridging those gaps, so to speak, Mm. I think ultimately we wind up reaping what we failed to sow, do we not? Yeah,
2: Amen. I mean, that's that's a great point. Just that discipleship. So I've changed my view a lot on on how to do youth ministry. Even when I was still youth pastor, I mean, at the beginning, it was the youth group was growing. There was great things happening. But it was like a its own separate church within our church, and I found that I, you know early on I was like, oh, this is cool. Like we're the we're hip and happening, and there's all this going on, and then you got uh, you know you got the the ancient of days service going on, and I you know I saw the failure in that fairly early on because kids would graduate and they would go to the main service and they would say. Um, but I don't really know anybody here. You know, we we would get a lot of kids. Maybe their parents weren't coming, or um, you know, we, the, the youth ministry would attract kids, um, and their families weren't going to church or something. Or sometimes it would bring their families, which would be great. But it was just a, a completely different feel, a different church. They didn't have a lot of unity relationships with anybody there, and so they would want to come back and sit in youth. And it was like, no, you got to okay, if you stack chairs, you know, then we'll allow you back in for. For a little bit, or if you start serving, and I I saw this as a huge problem early on that there was no integration. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it goes back, you know, sometimes, you know, even if the the, uh, family goes to church together or if the mom and dad are believers. You know the intentional discipling of their children might not be happening, or that might be offloaded to the youth ministry to do that. You know, one day a week or two days a week or however often they're meeting. But um, you know, we really started to want to have a culture of of the youth being part of the church. Yeah, they, we have you know a youth night, and there's things specific to them for their age group to bring in their friends. But, you know, we'll often have youth Sundays. We'll often have them do worship. We'll often, our youth now sit in on Sundays, you know, together with us. You know, we always used to break off as much as we could. And, you know, there's a strong emphasis. um, You know, our youth leadership now makes, does a very good job at encouraging the parents, letting them know that they are the ones um, to disciple their, their children in the Lord and that we're just there to support them. You know, where to support uh, what the discipleship they want, to, they need to do as a family. Um, you know, of course, I've seen many as well. You know, grow up, get out of youth, go to college, various things, walk away from the faith. Uh, you know, I've had uh, so many debates with some. You know, on social media that have gone different places and and you know drifted away. From the faith, and you know, I thank God for the relationship we still have, and we can still talk through a lot of these issues. I know youth ministry was a special time for them, but I I can see a lot of the areas where we failed to to equip them properly, and so we've tried to adjust that. We've tried to give them, um, you know, just a a more solid understanding of, of scripture. It's not just about having fun and having good relationships. Uh, with people your age that are believers that's awesome Uh, but for them to know the lord for them to understand the scriptures for them to ask all their questions while they're in youth ministry like don't hold any questions uh down in your heart you know don't let the enemy get a foothold on any doubts you might have like be open with those let's talk about those you know, I've struggled, you know, there was times, seasons that I went through where I struggled immensely with doubt, you know, and was just researching so much, you know, because I got involved in ministry pretty young. I got married pretty young. Coming to Christ was more of an experiential thing for me than than really, um, you know, like a rigorous intellectual exercise. So there was things that hit me at waves as I started, you know, giving my life, and, and following God with with you know my whole life and all my plans, you know there's waves of things I would hear arguments I would see this, and I would be like, wait a second, is this true? Can I really trust the Bible here? Can I you know and and I didn't have a huge background. You know I did go to Bible college uh, for a semester. You know is the the inside joke for anyone that hears me say I went to Bible college. Um, but you know so I but I've spent so much time studying. I've, I've taken you know, now courses online, you know, directly with Gary Habermas and other people and Mike Lacona and you know, so I've I've really tried to invest in like more of a, a formal education on learning these things over, you know, this twenty years and just rigorous study each week, of course. But I've come to find that, you know, the the how solid the historic Christian faith is, the answers that it gives you know, the, the C.S. Lewis quote I love so much who you know Andy mentioned is on our, our apologetics website. Um, you know, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen, not only because I can see it in the sky, but by it, I see everything else. And and that has really settled upon me through all my study of, it just answers the questions, uh, all the questions of life so beautifully and, and redemptively. Um, you know, there's uh, a, a, a guy of... of come to know at uh, fellowships with us uh, you know awesome guy and um, he had shared something to, to me at one point that uh, he said you know very very highly educated very very successful you know Bay Area guy and and he said you know um, I had said something in a sermon where you know I struggled with, with something but um, you know that I, I can't edit the truth you know the word of God is, is true and I have to trust that even at times where it might not initially make sense to me because it always pans out and, and that resonated with him and he, he had said that he is a, he's a reluctant Christian, <laughs> which I thought was an interesting phrase, but I, I could relate to that you know where it's like it, it, it's true. You may not want it to be true in a certain area or in a certain um, you know aspect, but um, you look at the world, you look at how it explains everything and there's nothing else. There's nothing else that that undergirds truth um, like Christianity, there's nothing that explains truth that illuminates truth. And then all the, the love, hope, justice, all these things that we wrestle with in this life, there's nothing that, um, tells that story like Christianity. So I thought that was very, very honest. Uh, but you know, I, I resonated with that.
1: Our conversation today with pastor Jason Fry, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel of San Mateo. We'll take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of our conversation in just a moment.
0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: Welcome back. If you've just joined us today, we're visiting with the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel of San Mateo, Pastor Jason Fry. Pastor Fry, let's return now to our discussion. I think that sense of of, of questioning is actually healthy. You know, oftentimes we sort of want to, to um, press down on that. We feel as if, well, if a young person's asking too many questions, it might sow seeds of doubt. It may cause them to start exploring into, you know, uh, other religions, other philosophies, things of this sort, and kind of pull them down a, a rabbit hole or a wormhole that they'll never climb out of. And so better leave Mm -hmm. some questions unasked. I think, however, Scripture is just the opposite. It says that if any man lack wisdom, let him ask for it. Yeah. Uh, that we're to try the spirits or test the spirits, see if they be of God, and prove him. Yeah. And I think that the the abundance of answers to the questions that we seek are, are found in Scripture, and it's a yeah. healthy thing to raise yeah. questions. Now, mm-hmm. should we do it in a challenging way as the enemy did in, in, in the garden? <laughs> Hath God said, you know, in a in a mocking fashion. No, that's probably not not very healthy. But I but I think a good solid curiosity as mm-hmm. to what certain passages mean and and not only looking at scripture, but then the the complementary archaeology that supports scripture and history that supports scripture. There there, there, there there's so much extra biblical evidence yeah. that proves the veracity of the biblical evidence. And if we are to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within, I think it's healthy that we ask those kinds of questions in the right kind of environment. And and that's where things like, you know, solid Bible teaching, Bible study, true discipleship, all of those things come into play. So if you're afraid to ask the question, maybe you're in an environment that's not really eager or prepared to give the answer. And so... I think at the end of the day, that can be a healthy part of our of our um, experience and relationship with God. You mentioned something else too that I think was important. You know, so often, um, Pastor Fry, we have a built in generational gap. Mm. That's differences in tastes in music and entertainment. Certainly technology has gone a long way towards, in some fashions, bridging that gap, in other fashions, pulling us even further apart. And so the notion of doing all that we can actively to bring the generations together and the benefits that come as younger people learn from older people, not just the fuddy-duddies out there, but the people who have have driven down life's road, have got the speeding tickets and the flat tires to prove it, and can share a thing or two with younger generations hopefully to make the road ahead for them a little bit smoother. Hopefully that they can learn from our mistakes and, and that sense of true mentorship in preparing future Generations for life and work and ministry and all that comes together. I think it's critically important. And I always wondered when churches dismiss the young people to go off into a separate service. I thought, well, why why are we creating two churches here? Why why are we essentially helping to underscore? the generational gap instead of doing everything that we can to bring those generations together for the mutual benefit of both the young and the old. And I, I think your approach is a, is certainly a very refreshing one and I'm glad you shared a little bit of your heart. Yeah, amen.
2: Yeah, that, that generational gap, um, as you mentioned, is, is important. You see that, you know, it was funny, there was a, one of our elders made a joke when I was taking over and he's you know he's a little older and he said um you know we had a little going away thing for our previous pastor and and he he said uh you know jason uh with you taking over he's like just imagine if your your oldest son was becoming the senior pastor <laughs> you know how how you would feel he's like well, that's kind of where i'm at with it <laughs> And we have a great relationship. He's awesome. And, um, and I, you know, I, I love his wisdom. Uh, you know, I've obviously, you know, as I get older, you know, come to see more of the value in, in the wisdom that's there. You know, I think Western culture, one of the, the misses of it, maybe, you know, something we can learn from, from Eastern cultures that they really respect their elders, you know, and, you know, Christianity started, started in the East, of course. And, um, you know, but, it, that's like a modern western thing you know is to be so about the young culture youth culture and um you know really miss out on the wisdom or even you know i think there's today where it's like um you, you have the the younger generation almost you know discipling the older generation in certain things like oh like you know we were so wrong about this and that and it it's very interesting to see that dynamic where you you have uh, the wisdom of the older generation not being shared, not many spaces where it's able to be shared to the younger generation. they're just not seeing it they're not you know they're they're on social media, they're just constantly taking in stuff from a younger perspective, and it's like when are they are they sitting down and talking with older folks? are they getting that wisdom and so I see that church is a great space to be able to connect those generations and, and have opportunities. I mean, we, we just, you know, rebooted our, our men's ministry. Um, and you know, one of the things was, you know, kids, 13 and up come, you know, trying to get them a little younger and bring them into that men's ministry environment where they're able to, you know, hear from their dad in, in the context of other men, they're able to hear from other men within the church, and, um, you know, I, I would love to see God do that more and more. I, I know it can be awkward sometimes, you know, and, and all that. But, you know, to, to be able to get that wisdom and that's something I'm thankful with our church that, um, you know, God's brought a lot of really awesome men, you know, uh, at older stages of life uh, that have really come to support the church. They've, they've become part of the church. We've raised up new elders as well. Um, that are just very seasoned, have walked with God their whole life, some of them. And man, that wisdom has been so good. Knowing like they could be my pastor and maybe in some sense should be, but. You know, God's put me here to kind of span the generations and, and I lean on them for a lot of wisdom and have them share and teach from the pulpit and, and as, as much as possible. You know, we have a family worship Sunday. We have all the kids in there, everything. And one of our older elders shares and, you know, he's, he's, he's really good and, and, you know, he can also really resonate with the, the children that are in there. And so it's very cool to see god doing that i mean it those sundays for me especially those those family sundays have are just a special a special time uh you know you hear kids there's you know things going on but you know it's it, it, it it's not distracting it's more become endearing and like just this is who we are this is us you know and and I, I know it's been a blessing to a lot of the families in the church um and you know we do make you know other of course, other times, you know, especially the kids, you know, they, they do their own thing. But, you know, having the pulling in the youth as much as possible, giving them an opportunity to hear from their elders, to hear from those who are older, to, to lessen that generational gap um, in my preaching as well. You know, I I have three boys and, you know, I i i get you know i'm most of my information from from youtube or twitter you know so i'm I'm online a lot i I see a lot of memes you know we share stuff all the time so i'm i'm in that youth culture somewhat I, i get that i have three boys i'm with them in that but also you know i i after a message one time i had one of the older folks come up and they're like man you, you you're like an old soul as well because you'll quote like Elvis Presley or you'll 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 throw out something that is even not really my time but something that I've heard or been blessed by or Righteous Brothers you know I, I, I love their music and so I'll truly I'll really, it's it's forefront for me to try and connect Everyone that's there, you know, to, to, to speak and focus on youth culture stuff, uh, stats, various things that are going on, and then to also bring in, um, you know, some of the, the stuff that older generations went through. In, well,
1: and I think that's years. important, too, because there's not only that sense of, of generational connectivity that, that can give um, in the advantage, advantage of the wisdom of the older generation that have been there, done that, not only right. bought the T-shirt, but probably even printed it at one point. Uh, right. But, but additionally too, I think that sometimes young people they fail to recognize. It's almost as if all of this suddenly popped out of the sky, and and there's there's no sense that they have that yes, they can have an engaging conversation about how bright and clever Steve Jobs was, or how much they love the work of what Mark Zuckerberg has done. But you know, as as someone yourself who who um, lives and resides in the Silicon Valley world, uh, if it wasn't for names like Bill Hewlett and David Packard, people of that sort whose names are not necessarily called very often today, but were the Steve Jobs and Wozniaks of the 19 late 40s and 1950s upon which generationally this technology has been built, I think we do ourselves a great disservice if we don't recognize and in- many ways celebrate that sense of connectivity that each right. subsequent generation is 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 enjoying the fruit of the labor of the previous generation and i right. think that connectivity is not only important from a historical standpoint but also from the standpoint of the church because when you look at scripture there is no delineation there's one body of christ And so sometimes, as I say, we we will create these false economies thinking we're doing a good thing, thinking we're making ourselves more relatable and better targeting our audiences. And in some ways, that's true. And in other ways, we're actually doing more to tear the church apart than Mm -hmm. bring the church together. Our conversation today with Pastor Jason Fry, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of San Mateo. We'll take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of our conversation in just a moment.
0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: Welcome back. If you've just joined us today, we're visiting with the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of San Mateo, Pastor Jason Fry. Pastor Fry, I want to pick things up where we left off just a moment ago. Let's talk a bit about. Pastoring in a church in the Silicon Valley. And those kinds of challenges, because that's let's face it, here in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, we've got a lot of challenges. We've got folks that are very intellectual, to think they've got all the answers because they've got that degree out of Stanford or, or Cal Berkeley. Uh, others that perhaps have uh, tested the waters and dipped their toes, so to speak, into alternative religions and still others in the Bay Area with, um, well, one section of the population in the entire country that has some of the lowest per capita church attendance in the nation has got to make pastoring a church in the middle of all of that a bit challenging
2: yeah yeah um you know we we definitely hold it with an open hand uh, there's times where it's like uh yeah it's just it's is hard here you know it's very transient it's very expensive it's hard to hard for families which are typically the core of a church to get their roots down here um you know it, You know, and typically, you know, families that do might not, you know, have have aligned values or something. So it's, it is difficult. Um, but I, I do love the challenge. Um, you know, I came from Albuquerque. We have family in, you know, Colorado, other places. And, um, you know, so we travel, we go on vacation, we visit family in areas that are more, uh, Christian-esque you know more of a Christian culture um, and it's awesome it's great I love that uh, I, you know of course would love to see God do that here um, and it's maybe slower paced and everything but the way God's wired me and, and the desire he's I think the way he's fitted me for service in his kingdom is to to be in a place like this I do love the challenge I love um talking with people about faith you know if uh, you know I've had a great opportunity to be bivocational this whole time which you know wasn't the the plan first moving here wasn't to be bivocational for 20 years Uh, but it's been a huge blessing because not only have I been able to do well and and utilize gifts that you know I didn't really know I had um, in that Aspect, But just to meet people, uh, you know, I was part of a, of a tech star. So I was I was in the construction industry and and, you know, helping to run a construction company. And then one thing led to another. And I implemented this this software, uh, this construction software. And then construction software became such a hot market in the tech industry and, and venture capitalist funding and all that. And and so I joined this startup. And because of my background and you know implementing that software in the industry they're trying to sell into and and so I ended up joining this tech startup and uh, it was just a phenomenal phenomenal ride you know we ended up getting acquired by a bigger tech company and and that's kind of the ride a lot of people that uh especially a lot of young people that move here that's that's what they're looking for is you know they want to they want to find a, a tech startup, you know, they want to do well, they want to build something. Uh, they want to IPO or get acquired or have some type of, of, of an event where the stock becomes real. you know, they want to make a lot of money while they're here. and so it's super interesting that you know, I did not move here for that and somehow I got in swept up into that. But for me, I, I see it as God giving me like a test vial, of the insight, bottled insight of Bay Area culture, Mm -hmm. of Silicon Valley culture. I mean, I talked with people that had never met a real Christian in their life. You know, young professionals from, uh, you know, this is Harvard, NYU, Notre Dame, various uh, Ivy League schools, uh, astute schools. And and so it it was awesome to work with them. Brilliant people, uh, loved the interactions we would have, but I would get into conversations about faith and not only did they have a lot of misconceptions a lot of time, but it was they were so refreshed to hear a biblical presentation of the gospel and who Jesus was, and I would often introduce people to mere Christianity or different books like that say, hey, here, read the book of Romans, read the book of John, if you want like a primer or something to help, here's Mere. Yeah, I recommend mere Christianity, because that's kind of at the level they were at, that's, you know, a lot of them they very, very smart, and Um, You know the um, the arguments that C.S. Lewis puts together, and that I think are just a great primer for a lot of a lot of apologetics and just ways to think about the world and worldviews. So it was, um, yeah, it's been really interesting to be able to uh, have that insight into Silicon Valley culture, and that's what gives me so much hope. Is because there's there's nothing else. There's no there's no other answers. There's no other hope. You know, Christ, uh, wants to, he gave his life to save the world and, and he's called us here. He's placed us here. And I see it as a great opportunity and heavenly challenge to be here and to be faithful. And, and it's great too, because with all the money that can be made in the tech world, all this stuff, and you know what, that never got my, that never got my soul, you know, I've seen that and been like, wow, I could really go that way. But God's given me such a deep conviction. No, you're here to serve me. You know, I want to use you. I've given you great insight into the the upper echelons of, of this stuff. But um, he's so I, so he's given me a good picture of the culture here. And it's given me a great burden more and more. Um, I love engaging with people that are, are you know, they're atheist or agnostic. Uh, you know, I, I struggle more if I was in a place where everyone's a Christian and just you know, it's a big Christian culture, but no one's like a serious Christian. You know, I, I would struggle way more in that. But being here, God's called me here because I love engaging people that might have no faith or little faith or faith in something, but they don't really know what it is and. And engaging that kind of like a Acts 17, you know, Paul in Athens, um, you, you know, of, of there's people worshiping a lot around here, you know, but but it's not eternal. It's not filling that eternal void that they have. Well, the the one
1: beautiful thing about ministry in the Bay Area is the fact that, uh, you know, while there may be struggles and challenges as we've discussed, uh, there's one thing for sure, and that is it's not short on opportunity. And if you want to know where the mission field is, as I often say, this is probably the one place on the planet where you can travel to the mission field. You don't necessarily need to learn to speak another language. You don't need to go earn (laughs) your, your separate support, and you don't need need a passport just open your front door and the mission field is right there at your very feet our conversation today with pastor jason fry senior pastor of calvary chapel of san mateo we'll take a brief time out we'll come back to more of our conversation in just a moment
0: and now back to lifeline with craig roberts
1: Welcome back. If you've just joined us today, we're visiting with the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel of San Mateo, Pastor Jason Fry. Pastor Fry, before time runs away from us, I want to have you spend a couple of minutes for folks that are new to the San Francisco Bay Area. Perhaps they've newly relocated to the peninsula. They're looking for a new church home. Tell us a bit about what God is doing at Calvary Chapel of San Mateo.
2: Yeah. Amen. Uh, God's doing a lot. We, uh, we're, we're in a beautiful location it's we're in a neighborhood uh you know you definitely got to go on the website hit that direction um button uh, you know we're up in a neighborhood tucked away but we have a beautiful view of the bay area where we look directly at csm and um we actually do have a trailhead that that ends or starts in our parking lot so i always say you gotta you gotta do google maps to find it but um there have been a few families that have been hiking the area and suddenly stumbled upon our church and we're like oh we should we should go to church here we should try this out we have a cross that overlooks the 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 view there on the drop off and um so god's doing a lot i mean we love the spot uh we we've been growing a lot um you know the pandemic and you know we reopened fairly early and we did outdoor services and things and 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 god really brought a lot of people that wanted to 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 worship and um, you know we tried to just be as responsible as wise as we could, but you know not forsaking the gathering of the of the saints together and uh, so all kinds of precautions. But we we really wanted to to worship together and uh, that kind of like I would say kind of put us on the map. Uh, you know there would be people like I had no idea about your church. I mean we don't do a lot of advertising or anything like that, and so but now word of mouth has gotten around and 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 we were meeting new people every week Uh, we ordered a bunch of new chairs we're maxing out our capacity inside you know parking um, is a bit of an issue because our parking lot fills up rather quickly before you know our our sanctuary will even fill up so you know we start we're going to start doing a shuttle Um, you know I I always joke that you know we're on the top of a hill so when you come to church here if you didn't get a spot in the parking lot you got a little bit of a hike in you know so it's a holistic uh, experience for you Um, but you know, God's doing an awesome work. He's, he's brought a lot of different people together. Um, and, and again, there's new people coming. We have, uh, you know, a lot of young adults that are starting to come as well. Kind of, you know, it's always looking at what demographic, you know, if I'm just looking, if I'm just data minded for a second, you know, what demographic do we need more of, you know? And it's like, God, bring more young adults. And He's you know, he's been bringing people that they're getting saved in during the pandemic alone in their room just you know having Jesus speak to I mean just God's doing his thing he's saving yeah. people you know and, and incredible things and and he's bringing all these people together and it's it's so good I mean we're in a time right now where it's just it's so awesome I love what God's doing I know change is the only constant and and I'm kind of like want to keep things the same as they are now but we we need to start. Uh, you know, doing multiple services, various things for more growth, uh, which is, is, is going to be some change. But, uh, you know, we, we teach the word of God. We just went through the Book of Romans, took us a few years to get through that. You know, we're, we're in Psalm 23 right now. Uh, you know, we got a very vibrant kids ministry and uh, we've had interns that just moved here from Idaho. Uh, so we're we're very connected with Calvary Boise and, you know, we'll do missions with them and various things. And there was a, a young couple that felt God calling them out here to serve, um, you know, and most people are going the other way. Right. <laughs> most people are going to the Idaho, the Texas, the Florida. And so they're going against the grain. And I love that faith, I, you know, and it's been very reminiscent for my wife and I when we launched out here, kind of just. Just got married and, and just launched out here. Didn't have a lot of things set up. And, you know, here we were launching to a very expensive area of the country. And, and that's exactly what this couple is doing. So we're kind of rekindling that, that like first love of, of coming here and doing ministry. And so, you know, the, the children's ministry is going, the youth ministry is going. They just got back from a camp. Uh, the men's ministry is growing. Uh, the women's ministries is solid, solid. Um, such women of prayer and, and just women that love the Lord. And you know we're 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 going to Stanford. Right? Uh, this call right now, we have a group going out to Stanford to to do uh, some outreach. We have YWAM a YWAM group staying with us. So one of the things I love about our church building is it feels like a resort. It's beautiful. It's on the top of a hill. And, and, and it's out of the noise of the, the Bay Area. And so, you know, I'm always like, oh, I want to be like on a main artery of the city, uh, which we have been before, but we've been in this building for the last 10 years. And I've come to love it, especially during the pandemic, we were kind of tucked away. We had an open, open air uh, on the top of the hill, very fresh. And so one of my desires is to see groups um, come here to this mission field, as you mentioned, the mission fields right here, To be able to stay with us at our church, rest up there, be refreshed, and then be able to, you know, just drive right down the hill and go and do ministry. So we have a YWAM group of 20 college students staying with us right now. We were doing outreach all yesterday in San Mateo. And then, you know, they're at Stanford today i um, doing some outreach right now, and I'm going to go meet him after this. And, um, you know, just a lot, <laughs> a lot going a on. A lot of
1: exciting super, things going on. Well, exciting. undoubtedly, yeah. if you're new to the Bay Area, you've no doubt been fascinated by our conversation today with Pastor Jason Fry, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of San Mateo. Want to go deeper? Want to find out more? We invite you to check him out on the web. Simply go to calvarysanmateo.org. That's Calvary San Mateo Dot O-R-G. They meet at 3254 Lorry Drive in Belmont. Did I get that right?
2: Yeah, that's okay. right. So it's San Mateo okay. County. Yeah,
1: so yeah. I, I, <laughs> I paused there because you said San Mateo, and i think in Belmont. Okay, I'm going to repeat yeah. that. They yeah. meet at 3254 Lorry Drive in Belmont, Sunday morning worship services at 10 a.m. Complete details on the web at calvarysanmateo.org. That's calvarysanmateo.org. Dot O-R-G. And our thanks to Pastor Jason Fry, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of San Mateo, for being with us today. Pastor Fry, thanks again so much for your time.
2: All right. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's been a privilege, and uh, I love what you're doing. So keep doing it and, and connecting believers and seekers and everybody
1: to solid Bible teaching churches.